check, check. Mic check. Presented by Empire. On Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. It's noon. March 17th. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Presented by Infab. We're live on the air. We're taking your calls. At 7.02. 586-Paul, give us a call. Let's talk some Detroit. Round 11 of 17. Monster Energy AMA Supercross coming up this weekend. And then a weekend off for everybody. Thank you. I'm sure everybody's pretty pumped on that. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Fly Racing, the original stretch fabric racewear. Fly Racing's third generation light hydrogen gear continues to lead the way in lightweight racewear design input from fly professional team riders fly designers created non-restrictive minimalist racewear that eliminates non-essential features and replaces them with high-end breathable fabric the result is the latest lightest most flexible and breathable gear on the market um the size 34 pant only weighs in at 24 ounces wow uh, flyracing.com check them out we're giving away a set of kinetic trifecta mesh gear this is the le stuff that was launched at daytona from the folks at flyracing.com and please watercraft mountain bike needs dirt bike needs go to flyracing.com and see what they've got they've got a ton of stuff and they got a lot of good things to uh, to check out also nfab got a truck or an suv or a jeep Need some accessories for it? Go to n-fab.com. Proud sponsors of the JGR Yamaha Toyota team. They, uh, they've got a lot of things that you need for your truck, whether it's uh, steps, light mounting solutions, bumpers, things like that. Proudly built in Houston, Texas, USA. Thomas and the boys down there are huge sponsors of the JGR team, like I said, with Pike Nicoletti and uh, Barsha. Barsha's coming back soon, Santa Clara. So we have this week in Detroit, week off. And Santa Clara, and we should see the return of Justin Barsha by then, and then hopefully he'll uh, he'll be able to pick up where he left off. And then we'll also have um, a few more guys returning to the series. I heard Josh Hansen may be racing that round too, also. So number fifty-seven in your program, number one hundred in your hearts, Josh Hansen. I'm Steve Mathis, taking your calls, holding things down over there. The Test Legendary. Hi, Steve. Do we hit the panic button for your rider, Ryan Dungey? Oh, man. My, he got fin- third. my finger was hovering around it. And he, he got third. He can be beaten. And he crashed, too. Yeah, and he crashed. Yeah. Still got third. Was not a great weekend. But you'll take it. You'll move uh, forward. We, the, the streak is continuing. Right, the podium uh, although streak. There was a, a, a le- lesser-known streak that is like 20-something races is only first or second, which is pretty good. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they oh, were yeah. talking about that on the broadcast oh, okay. if you listened to it. Uh, I try not um, to. So you try, oh, wow. you try not to. Anyway, eh, you can't win them all. 
but just about all of them. Pretty close. Uh, fly racing, kinetic trifecta, mesh gear. We're going to give away. We're going to Michael Byrne on the show. That's right, Michael Byrne, former factory rider, now helping out his buddy Chad Reed will be on the show and uh, Jason Thomas as well. This track map this weekend is pretty nutty, so take a look at that. Um, going into the stands and uh, should be interesting. Coming back down the start straight backwards. It's kind of kind of neat. Uh, coming to the series this weekend, uh, Josh Grant, Monster Energy Kawasaki rider, filling in for Will Hahn for the rest of the season, including the outdoors. So the 3-3 will be back, and uh, we'll talk a little bit to uh, to Michael Byrne about what he thinks about how that could happen. Uh, first up, though, as always. Yes, sir. What's happening? It's raining yellow. Hi, raining yellow. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I got my jerseys from Roger. Did, did you see it on Instagram? I did not see it on Instagram, no. Did you attach me on uh, it? I believe so, yeah. I just signed up. It's raining underscore yellow. So, I mean, you can, feel free for everyone to hate. I'm, did, you know, it's welcome. Um, So nobody took raining yellow. Instagram, name. I'm very. I'm, 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 no, I have. There's like a a couple of them. I had to. I had to add the underscore. A couple people. I should be the real raining yellow on there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that might actually work. Um, so I don't think James is coming back this weekend. No, no. But uh, have you heard anything more about him or? No, just that he's still sore from riding and uh, and it's tough for him to to uh, to come back. So. Right. You, so. Do you think we see him uh, before Supercross is over? I think he tries to come back before Supercross is over, but I hope he doesn't. I hope he just yeah. packs it in and waits to the outdoors. I really – I've said that many times. I just think it's going horrible for him. He's not in shape where he needs to be right now. And so right. uh, just go ride and ride, ride, and uh, get ready for the first of the outdoors because this Supercross season has been a disaster for him. So Yeah, it's been rough. I know uh, I'm going to be at Hangtown, so he might be saying, you know, Rainy Yellow's going to be at Hangtown. Yeah, so he's, he's going to wait for you. Yeah, no, it's very possible. What do you think, Tess? You think that's that's, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. all right, thanks. Yeah. I will be at Santa Clara though. But uh, hey, real quick, uh, I hope James is doing better. But um, where where would I find Roger at Santa Clara? Is he going to be by Malcolm or the the motorcycle superstore guys? I'm not really sure, bro. Yeah, well, where does he linger when James ain't there? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Does he even go to the races? Oh, I saw dead. him in Toronto, but I mean, I don't know. He's right. there. Well, I got to check in and check in with him and thank. Him. Can't wait, Ryan. Mean, you know, thank you. Can't wait. Let us know how that goes and everything. All right. Next up on the show, he's our guest, former factory rider, uh, kind of making a little um, comeback this year. Michael Byrne, what's up, Burner? How are you? What's happening? Nothing. I, I, Come back, huh? Wow. I mean, you're racing again. You won the Daytona RC Amateur Supercross. You're going for Loretta's. You're back. <laughs> back to have some fun. I wouldn't call it back. <laughs> How is it though? Is it so? Is it fun? Has it been fun? Yeah. No. It, it was. A, it's been a ball. I mean, yeah. I obviously, just wish I could got to ride some more these days. But uh, riding's limited at the moment. But uh, no, I had a, I had a ball. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, from what I understand, too, like you're helping your buddy Chad, uh, training, riding, doing all that kind of stuff. You're also working on the bike a little bit, Burner. So are you ever like a real mechanic? Uh, well, I keep it running. <laughs> is, that, is that a class of mechanic these days? That's all class I did, changer? bro. That's all I did, bro. I kept it running. That was my goal. <laughs> uh, that, 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 that classified you as a mechanic these yeah, days? Yeah, that works. Yeah, exactly right. So... <clears throat> 
Um, I mean, I, I adjust the chain and stuff like that, so yeah, I'm keeping it running. All right, all right. gas. Take the motor out, ship it to the Yamaha, <laughs> put the new one in. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. The, all the good stuff. Right, right. Um, so we just had our regular uh, James Stewart superfan call in, Raining Yellow, and so let's touch on him a little bit. Um, I thought, Burner, that he, after a year off, that he was going to come in, you know, ready, raring, loving the race, and instill, like, inst- instead, I think the time off just got him to understand, like, like kind of like what happened to Bradshaw way back in the day. The time off was just a little bit of like, hey, this is really cool. I don't have to do all this hard work. And, you know, he came into the season not ready. But there's no way, Burner, that you, me, anyone thought it would go this bad. It's been terrible for James. Yeah, no, 100% sure. I think we all we all thought that he was going to come in. At, I thought at Monster Cup he would come in and, and uh, you know, be mm-hmm. more than ready and wanting to prove a point and, I mean, it just hasn't gone that way yet. I mean, he's, he hasn't, I don't know if he's stayed off the ground yet, won race enough to, mm-hmm. to even see to even see what's happening. And then, obviously, the first race didn't go well, and then the, the concussion, and then, yeah, just yeah. snowballing from there for him, unfortunately. Yeah, we've got a few lines open for, uh, you got a question from Michael Burns, 702-586-PULP. Give us a call. It's like when you watch him, Burner, he knows what to do, he knows what he used to be able to do, but his body, his reactions can't keep up to him. He's not sharp, but yet he knows what he kind of used to be able to do. Like, never mind the the crashes that he's actually done, the heat race in Oakland, the, the in Atlanta. Like, he's come so close to crashing a lot. Like, it's not been good. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, he's never going to forget how to ride. It's just well, sometimes when you're if he, if he's not ready, then you're not you're not sharp. You're not on your game. So mm-hmm. stuff happens quicker than what than what it's uh, than what you're foreseeing it happening. And then uh, yeah, it doesn't usually end that end very well. Are you with me in thinking <clears throat> that he should just come back for the first round? Just ah, <clears throat> uh, well, it's hard for me to say. I don't know what type of position he's in with right. with Suzuki. I mean, I don't know if he has to be out there or if they'll give him time to to be more ready. But who knows? Maybe, like you said, maybe he. Stepped away. I mean, most of the time when when you step away w- with an injury or something like that, it usually mm-hmm. you want to come back, especially um, you know from that from yeah. that long longer time off. Right. You usually, you know, you usually come back pretty hungry. But who knows? I mean, maybe it was the opposite for him. It's. I mean, it's not. I'm not ready to you know stamp it that he's never going to win again or not. But it's hard for me to understand how he can get to the top again. It really is. I, I, it'll be it'll it'll be quite a comeback if James can can start winning races again. Well, yeah, he's just got to stay healthy. To, you know, first that's the first thing he's got to do is just yep. just get just 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 get through a weekend. You know, and mm-hmm. then uh, build on it from there. I mean, no one's going to question his ability on a motorcycle. That's for sure. No, no doubt. As far as uh, your guy Chad Reed, he's uh, obviously Toronto went badly. Knocked himself a little cuckoo, and uh, you know, in the first turn—not even the first turn, really. Um, but he's ready to go. Did he? Uh, did he get the ride yeah. this week? Did he get the ride at all? Yeah, yeah. We rode. We rode a little bit today and a little bit yesterday. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, we'll be there. Right. Up and down season for you guys. Uh, at times, uh, all of us are like, "Okay, he's back. He's going to challenge." Uh, other times, uh, not so much. It's been it's been up and down for him. Yeah, I mean, I think. Not just with Chad, I mean, with a lot of guys. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of guys. I mean, you see, 
Kenny, Sealy, any of those guys, they get a bad start. And then you come from the back and you'll get a fifth or a sixth, which is probably an awesome ride if you look at their lap times and stuff. But then still, you're not near the front guys, you know. So right. Seems that anybody who started like in the top three, it's kind of been how they're finishing. So yeah, Starts like have been key. Yeah, it, for sure. I mean, they've always been key. But I wrote this in my column last week. Like when you were racing, and Red Dog and this Chad, James, Ricky. They could pretty much get a terrible start and still land on the podium. And even before that, uh, MC uh, back in, in, in McGrath days too. And I don't want to say that like I, I don't want to say that you guys like yourself and, and Red Dog and Nathan and, and these guys can't ride motorcycles, but it, they, these guys could do that to you. They could get up there and pass you and get on the box almost no matter unless it was a complete disaster. But um, now. Maybe not, right? Like, maybe we're just at yeah. the point where it's just it's too deep. Well, I mean, I think it's deep, but then also the bikes are better and the tracks are pretty basic, I think, you know, compared to what they used to be. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, we had a big set of whoops last weekend in practice, and then you come out for the last practice and they've cut them down, you know? So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're trying to keep guys safe, but then they're also elevating the speed, the speed. Mm-hmm. Which means that when they do hit the ground, usually you get hurt anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough for sure. I I don't think the the tracks have adapted with the bikes for sure, and that in turn makes everybody much closer. Yeah, and when I when I talk about the old days, you're right. A lot of those old days, it's on two strokes too. More mistakes were made by everybody. <clears throat> yeah, they were much difficult to ride. I mean, you couldn't just come out of a corner and roll it on. You know, you had to have the clutch and you mm-hmm. had to have the power band in the right in the right spot to do the sections. You know, so right. Um, and you know we're still building tracks and stuff at the same distances as what we. I know. We're always out on two strokes, you know. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, perfect example now. Stuff that we used to triple, you'll see the guys quad in a rhythm section, you know. So it's yep. just like. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's and and I don't really know how much. I mean, you only have so much floor space and so much dirt, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. How do you how do you make it more technical and without everybody complaining that something's too difficult and getting a knockdown or, or something like that, you mm-hmm. know? I really thought the Anaheim 2-track was just amazing. Big whoops. Um, a quad set, you know, a quad that only T- Tomac was doing. Um, a 3-3 a three, three section that, you know, Chad, only a few guys were doing. Just one of those tracks that kind of had everything. And and if you were really good and you were a bit ballsy, there was stuff that you could do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the risk to reward that, you know, as a rider, that's what you... That's what you. That's what you want on the track, you mm-hmm, know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there was many times when I'd be pumped because I'd jump a section, and then everyone else would just be thinking about it the whole day, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's that was a good track too. But the whoops there weren't. They weren't that. Like I feel like the whoops on the weekend were actually bigger, but mm-hmm. those ones at Anaheim too were. You know, they were pretty steep. Steeper, so yeah. As they as they as they wore out, they got more difficult. Right. Yeah, I saw a couple of 250 guys in Atlanta, I think. They slammed together in a turn. They basically stopped. The guy came in on the inside. They made contact. They basically stopped. They looked at each other kind of, and they went, yeah, and they did the triple still. Like, to me, like, come <laughs> on. You know, and that's 250 Fs. Never mind 450s, yeah. you know? Yeah, those things are uh, 
the 250s are a pretty amazing of what they can do now compared mm-hmm. to what the 125s that we used to ride. I remember you used to gear the bike just to do the triple, and then you were like, "Yeah, <laughs> gonna kill it, gonna kill it tonight." Right, I did the triple. Yeah, I know. It's such a different time for sure. So, yeah. a lot of you think a lot of the Chad's finishes that haven't been as high. It's just really been starts, right? That's in your eyes. Yeah, is I that, mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, most of the, I mean, with most of the guys, it's been the same thing, you know, like. Man, the guys who start up front, you know, they just get away real quick, and then mm-hmm. the guys are so close on times. I mean, you're you're only getting a couple of tenths here and there, so makes it hard to uh, to make up that three or four seconds that you lost on the first lap because you're in twelfth. Right. Um, how's it been with back with Yamaha? Uh, obviously, you weren't you were racing against Chad when, when he was there, but uh, McCarty and Mike Guerra and Bob Oliver. And everybody else uh, being back at the races, Jimmy and all that. How's the team? How's that going? No, I think everything's going really good. I mean, obviously, it's still a it's a learning curve. You know, they haven't raced, had a factory team for for many years, so mm-hmm. um, they're you know adapting to the new a new like a new style and a new new bike and um, as far as putting it in race conditions, you know. So yeah, um, it was pretty pretty last minute as far as getting everything done so i think it uh it kind of happened real, all real quick so everyone's still trying to learn as much as we can for, for right. next season you know yeah i was thinking before the year we i mean obviously my job is to talk about this stuff non-stop and one of my concerns was that chad didn't get enough testing in um you know he's notoriously a, a tester he likes to work on his bike he likes to find a, a setup you know every each and every weekend that works for him and uh, he didn't get to really do that just because of the late start and everything. So are, is it the point where Yamaha is coming up with new stuff uh, all season long and throwing it at you guys still? Or or have you changed much off the first setup at A1? Yeah, I mean, obviously we had some times where we, you know, we thought we found something and then you try it and you take it into race conditions and it, you know, mm-hmm. and you end up going back for the final or, or whatever it may be. I mean, right. you're, always, you're always trying to make things better. And um, when you don't have the two or three months of, you know, at the test track to, mm-hmm. to you know, to go through all that kind of stuff. It kind of puts you in a tough position at the races sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. You're kind of just still learning a little bit. And then Yamaha's, you know, working with Japan and trying to figure out what, what they can do, right? Yeah, I mean, and as, and as a rider, you're, if you've done, I mean, we, we rode a production bike pretty much for a long time, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff, I mean, you end up going back to production, not real necessarily that he thinks it's that much better on the track. It's just because he's done 600 laps on it. Right, you know? right. So there's there's nothing there's nothing like knowing your motorcycle and knowing what it does, you know. So mm-hmm. it's hard to make changes at a race and then and then feel comfortable on it, you know. Right. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, Justin, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. What's your question for Michael Byrne? Hey, Bernard. What's up, Steve? How are you? Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry. Um, I was uh, wondering to ask Michael about back when he first came over to the States and kind of his rookie year, maybe a year or two before, about how it was uh, kind of with the American public. I've heard, like, Langston talking about how he was treated kind of poorly. And then, you know, even Reed and some of the other guys, Albertine and those guys always seem to hit a wall when they come over here and not be super welcomed. I just kind of wondered if he experienced the same things. Uh, well, I mean, Grant's an asshole anyway sometimes, so <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, he's South African. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
no, no. I mean, it, when I came out, it was it was pretty. It was pretty. I mean, I would say it was pretty smooth to me. I mean, obviously, it helped for me because I had Fro in my corner, and um, the first year I rode for him. I mean, I was only here for a Supercross season to start with, so. Um, but my my transition was pretty good. I mean, I got to work with um, obviously Fro first, and then uh, you know Ziggy at Factory Connection, and um, all those guys there, which were super supportive, and you know they were super nice people just in general, you know, so that, that transition was tough. Um, I mean, it wasn't really, I didn't really have too much of a hard time from the fans that much. I mean, I was so, so new, I guess. So I was just trying to learn each weekend and just take it all in. So you kind of get in your own little world there for a little, for a while. Mm-hmm. And, um, Plus, yeah, but yeah. I would say my transitions pretty, was pretty Pretty good. Plus, I think Australians are just different. They're treated, they're different from the Euros or, 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 or South Africans or whatever. I just think it's like a Canadian. Like, it's like whatever. I don't know. I just feel like the American <laughs> public isn't isn't as much, uh, hey, these are foreign guys or whatever, you know, as far as yeah. cheering for them or whatever. Yeah, I think sometimes, yeah, was- too, like, like if, if like coming from France, I think it can be harder sometimes. Because- mm-hmm. I mean, people think that you're going to be arrogant or whatever, and mm-hmm. but people think Australians are just pretty cruisy, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, thanks, Justin. Yeah. Sure, no problem. I uh, think I remember uh, Burner's first shift catalog cover way back. I still, I still believe I have it in my box of uh, old magazines and catalogs. Nine ninety, pretty cool. The number nine ninety. Yeah, and he was, uh, I think, throwing a whip in some some brand new shift gear that was just coming out. Uh, the brand was still brand new under pro and everything so mm-hmm. cool all yeah, right guys that was, that was some pretty cool stuff why'd you why'd you pick 990 who, who gave did you pick that or did he just gave it to you no that's just what I, that's what the ama gave me oh, okay i was gonna say it was a really weird number to this day <laughs> you know you just don't really see that from anybody um yeah i'm like oh, i want a license they're like all right yeah 990 no you're like, like oh, oh, okay. all right cool. cool uh hey dave what's going on you want to talk to michael byrne yeah i got a question we, I know, Steve, we've heard your opinion. I want to know, he's a former racer and a racer, what his opinion is about this, um, uh, shit, what the hell is Chase. it? Chase for points? Yeah, Chase stuff, yeah, exactly, maybe next year. What do you think, <laughs> Burner? Uh, uh, I think it could make it interesting for sure. I think if it if it reset now, I mean, obviously, Roxon would be, Roxon would be winning right now as far as points would go. Um... It's hard to say. I mean, it it could make it more interesting, but then also, it, it I think it hurts Dungey, you know, because he's Mister Consistent, and um, you know, and that's half the battle sometimes is staying injury free in the sport and and being able to uh, you know make mm-hmm. make the season is definitely tough. So <clears throat> um, it just depends on how they're going to work it. Is it going to be just ten guys in the chase at the end? Is it going to be you know the top twenty in points? Mm-hmm. I don't really know that much about about it yet. So, yeah, they um, um they they I don't know either really, but I would imagine it's it's uh you know the top ten guys plus whoever gets a win, you know, and then yeah. uh and then and then and then if you want if you were leading the series, you would get a bit of a handicap. You'd be ten points up or something, you know, it, it, you know. Yeah, the, so you get bonus points for yeah, certain things. Yeah, exactly, exactly to reset the field. But uh, I'm in favor of it. I th- why not? Let's try it. You know, see how it works. Um. You know, if you're Ryan Dungey, obviously you're not that pumped on it, but yeah, let's do it. So, all right, thanks, Dave. Hi, man. Um, t- talking about the chase. Chase is on the line. 
Chase, you want to talk about the chase? Yeah, Dave just kind of touched on it with you guys, and I just kind of what you guys talked about earlier in the difference, you know, between 250s and 450s, and I feel like a chase would bring back some of the intensity, you know, on the final rounds, just the nitty-gritty getting down to it. Uh, do you guys agree? Yeah, I like it. I think it's good, man. Um, you know, again, like if you're Ryan Dungey or whatever, maybe you're a little pissed, but uh, uh, sure. yeah, I think it's fine. Um, you know, plus if you're bur- if you're Chad Burner, you get a reset. You can catch fire. Yeah. And like Marvin, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, it can it can go great. both ways for sure. Yep. Coming I mean, into some this season, you know, Marvin taking eleven teams just a, it was kind of a mess. He had really no shot at a title, but he's riding as good as any title contender could be. So I feel yeah. like it levels the field. It gives a you know the guys who are still putting in the time, but they got hurt in the beginning and they just needed some you know, races under their belt to get them back in. I feel like it brings a great aspect yeah. of intensity back to you. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I, mean, I don't know. How do you look at it? Do you, if you win a race, then you just cruise around for the next, you know, well, nine no, races because no, then you know you're in or like – No, because you – know, like right now be – No, because like they do it – like they used to do it in NASCAR. Like right now, if this chase started tomorrow, Dungey would have a 10-point lead or five – because he was leading the points going in he would be still the points leader in the chase. So you do want to still finish as high as you can, um, you know, in the points uh, to, yeah. to get the handicap. You're still going to have your sandbaggers, though. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe so. So, All right, thanks, yeah, Chase. I mean, you know, you're Thank asking you. guys to take a risk or not to take a risk, so who knows? Yeah, no, I think it, I, think I like it. I think it's good. Um, hey, Josh Grant and Daytona Burner, he did pretty well, better than I thought. He got a seventh. He's now filling in for Will Hahn for the rest of the season. Where do you expect to see him slotted? Uh, I mean, I think he'll be a top ten guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, if you get good start or get a good qualifying time in and get good starts, usually it goes pretty well for everybody at the moment. So, um, mm-hmm. I think at Daytona he did that. You know, he he did good in the heat race, qualified out of the heat, and obviously Daytona was definitely uh, was definitely a a start that you need mm-hmm. to be on the inside, and everyone else, everyone else past gate five got screwed pretty much. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> I mean, rough. Three guys were like half a lane ahead, mm-hmm. half of two laps, you know. So, right. um, no, I think he'll be fine. I mean, he was pretty good last year on when he was on Chad's team. So, um, now that he's going to go onto an actual supercross style track more than a mm-hmm. Daytona style motocross type track, right? Uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, should be seeing how he can do, right? Um, hey, so this is a this is a hard question to answer, but I I know you've talked about it with Chad, and I know you've studied video. How do you beat Ryan Dungey, Burner? How do you beat him? I mean, what do you mean? He he's been getting beat the last. <laughs> he's only won. He's only won two out of the last five races. So this is true. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean. You got to be aggressive at the start, and you got to uh-huh. you got to be up front. I mean, you know he's not going to start any worse than a fourth or a fifth. Yeah. So, um, I mean, you got to be there. I mean, you know he's going to be solid the whole time. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, right now, for everybody else, he has the luxury of like not having to push the issue. You know, if the whoops mm-hmm. finale, he can he can just get through them and then ride the rest of the track hard. You know, and like he doesn't have to hang it out because he's got a points lead and right. You know he's going to be smart, but uh, I mean you got to be there and you got to be there with him every single lap to, to put mm-hmm. pressure on him, or or you just get the whole shot and, and try and run away. 
Does he have a – is there a section of the track that you think he's not that good in? Like whoops maybe, do you think? or like I mean, mm, Yeah, I mean, he struggled a little bit last week in the whoops. Yeah. I, would, I mean, I would say when the whoops are really big and gnarly, he's not like he's – he's not bad in the whoops, but he's not mm-hmm. – you know, there's, there's guys that are faster. So, right. um, but obviously he doesn't need to hang it out there, so he can just be patient and, and get through. And then, you know, obviously his strong point is getting in and out of the turn. So. Right. There's a lot more turns on the tracks than whoops, so he can make up the difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt, right? Uh, Michael Byrne, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Appreciate it. Like your insight, and uh, good luck in Detroit, you and uh, and the and the 22 there. So uh, thanks yep. for coming on, man. All right, thanks, guys. All right, see you, Burner. All right, see you. Michael Byrne, everybody on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show, former factory Suzuki rider, now helping out Chad Reed. Uh, before we get to JT, let's jump to our next guest. Uh, he is a former uh, pro racer, Loretta Lynn champion, now pro taper brand manager, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Uh, good. Just talking some Detroit, you know, talking Ooh, yeah. talking Chad Reed with with, uh, with Burner. Um, let's switch to 250s with you. So okay. Hill was really good in Atlanta. He was uh, really good in, in Daytona. And then he finally broke through this weekend, and in a, in a race that was absolutely insane, he uh, he grabbed the win. Jay Mart's got their red plate. Martin's back this weekend, but now he's got a deficit to make up. And of course, Mookie is up and down like Mookie has. Who do you like for this title? Well, um, my original pick since probably December mm-hmm. has been Martin Davalos. I obviously assumed he would attend every round. Um, <laughs> yes. So that yes. makes that pick a bit tougher now. But right. um, uh, I worked at Pro Circuit when Justin Hill was on our team, and I know a little bit about him, and I, I'm very close with Tyler Keefe at TLD, and, and he's my pick for the title now. I mean, that yeah. guy, um, he strives off confidence, and now that he rode so well at Atlanta coming from the back to get fifth, uh, Daytona coming from the back to get third. Second. And now, second. Second, okay. Yep. Um, second, and now and now a win. I just think um, I think he's yeah. going to be extremely confident, and you guys saw that in practice at Toronto, and I think you're going to see – uh, an, another confident Justin Hill at uh at, at uh, Detroit, and that's uh that's bad news for those other guys. That's yeah, there. like even even though he's um behind, you know Jay Mart's got the red plate. Like when you watch qualifying, he does he picks things up fast right away. He lays down heat race wins. Like I just feel like raw speed. He's got Jay Mart covered. Uh, Hill does, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and um, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously Jay Mart should be good through the through the rest of the season, but um, his history has told us that he usually has a big bad weekend sometimes too, so mm-hmm. maybe he'll fix that. But I still think that he'll, um, I don't know, if you're, you asked me who I would pick, I would mm-hmm. pick Hill. And with Mookie, I picked Mookie or Bowers before the season started. I, I'm I'm off the Bowers train. But um, <laughs> Mookie, uh, I didn't think Bowers would be like, I knew he was not 100%, but I thought he would get stronger as the series got on. But until he got stronger, he would like limit the damage, you know, and he hasn't really been able to do that. So Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's a shame, too. Um, I thought he would, again, limiting the damage, I thought that could be top five still. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but series is getting away from him quickly. And, so, um, so Mookie was the guy I picked, but Mookie can't stay away from Mookie mistakes. First, it was the heat race move on Plessinger, which wasn't a mistake, but it's things like that that can cause issues. And then he did have issues, you know, in in the uh, in the main event. Like he can't stay away from his own mistakes in riding, uh, much like his brother, I guess. And there's he's fast, much like his brother. He figures things out, and he had a great ride in Toronto. Don't get me wrong, but 
man, that's a couple of mistakes in Toronto where you're just like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, and that's tough. I mean, we kind of thought that would be his downfall, but I mean, he's still been a lot better than I think um, is with his consistency. He's had some, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, t- Toronto is tough, you know, and and he limited. The, I mean, when you have to make two pit stops and you <laughs> and you go down the first turn, you still get what do you get fifth? Like six, dude, yeah, yeah, six. I mean, that's pretty. That's limiting the damage. Like, good for <laughs> yeah, him, right? So, I don't know. I, I think he's been okay, but. I don't know. I, it's tough, man. The series is wide open, and I don't think it's any, I don't think it's over yet. I yeah. think I think the red plate will change hands again still, and um, yeah, see what happens. Well, I'm talking about Marty. Oh, he's 20 back. That's a lot. That's but, a lot, but it's but it's it's, do, it's doable. doable. Yes, it's yes, it absolutely is absolutely doable. Yeah. Can you imagine if Marty still I hope pull so. this off? I, 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 I mean, I'm friends with Marty, and I, he deserves it. And I I was heartbroken for heartbreaking heartbroken for him when I heard this. You know immigration stuff happened but um so i don't know i just hope i hope he can it's it's it the ball's in his court if you go out and win every race he could i mean it's yeah. only 18 points i think he'd make up if someone got second every round i guess if jmart got second every round but that ain't gonna happen yeah, so gonna go happen. win every race right. and you can win the title yeah so, no, absolutely 702-586-7857 you got a question for pro tapers uh paul perbinos uh give us a call and how are things at pro taper everything everything going well yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, you know, it's always busy here. You know, we have a small staff, but I really enjoy the job, and um, it's still very much tied to racing. And you know, it's not the same type of tie to racing I've had when I was a mechanic. It's very, very different. But um, but yeah, I enjoy it a lot. It's better for me as where I'm at in my life, and um, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm having a great time. Speaking of you being a former mechanic, of course, you work for Dean Wilson, Blake Baggett at Monster Energy Pro Circuit. Um, the the Monday meetings. At Pro Circuit with Tyler Bowers and Arno Tonis, how do you think those are going? Well, I could probably guarantee that the meeting after Toronto is not good. wasn't 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 good. So yeah, we would always have a video night on Monday night, and right. and you know if if my if it was if it was my rider, I would always stay too and just offer any help I could. You know, so we create a game plan for the week to come. But mm-hmm. yeah, it probably wasn't good. I mean, I know how Mitch is, and I know. Um, Bones and, and Zach and the team works so hard and and um, it's unacceptable to get beat by to I don't I don't even know what they got but yeah Tyler had a huge crash that yeah. he's lucky to he wasn't hurt from but still I mean you get beat by somebody that made two pit stops and fell in the first turn and you still got beat like yeah yep. that's unacceptable so um, yeah probably wasn't wasn't good but and Ton- yeah and Tonus is just I mean he's been okay. Obviously, he's been last year was sick and everything else, but he needed a very strong Supercross season. He's not having it. No, no, unfortunately, he's not. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know how much more I could elaborate on it, but yes, yeah, it's, it's not going well, especially when they feel like they've righted the ship a little bit on the West. I mean, they, yep. you know, the, the thing I like to t- say about Pro Circuit is no one has gone. The, the big accolade for them, I feel, is. I can't think of a single rider that has left Pro Circuit and, and and improved or done better, as far as gone to another 250 team and yeah. done better. Yeah, I'll I think, think maybe Justin it. Hill might be the only exception to the rule if right. he continues to win races and win a title. But mm-hmm. name one rider that's left PC and done better. Yeah, and and I bet you can't name one. So that speaks, I think, for the team. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's not acceptable to get. Uh, outside the top five on that team at least i feel and, and when i was there it wasn't even acceptable if he didn't win That's, we were we were it yeah. was like you better win right yeah absolutely so. um 
Who's been a bigger surprise, Alexander, Alex Fry or Jesse Whalen, man? Like both guys. Both guys have had They're... one main event where they've scored one point, and yet they still sit uh, ninth and tenth in the points. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I don't know who I'm most surprised at. I get they're both surprising, and it's, and it's awesome to see. Like, especially cool for Wentland because he's a uh, doing it on his own kind of, and he's been consistently good. And mm-hmm. I, he was even in the top ten in Atlanta, and he had a crash. I know that because he's on my fantasy team. But <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's been doing awesome. So I'm pumped for him. And I, I heard he was, you know, really. Uh, happy for you know know, it was a big deal for him to be in the top five and why wouldn't it be that's cool so and fry i mean uh and again i'm close friends with tyler keith and i feel like uh you have to give tld ktm their accolades for doing what they did with that Mm -hmm. with that kid given what we've seen from him and amateurs and last year in the nationals i mean he's uh you know maybe some confidence is going to turn him into being a a, you know what you know what we've seen from his results maybe he's that's where he's going to belong yeah, I had someone close to the team uh, tell me, like, basically, look, we had to take the kid. He had a two-year deal with KTM, and we had to take him, and it's go- it's not going to work out well. And, you know, we have yet to see an Orange Brigade rider really, you know, take off, blah, blah, blah. This was before Atlanta. Right. And then the kid, you know, and even Dakota Alex, he's got hurt now, but he- he'd been all right, too. So I think that-, that the person who spoke to me didn't understand that Fry was going to be so so fast or or so well. I mean, look, his fourth in Toronto was was help. There's no doubt about it. It's not like he legitimately, you know, there's a lot of dudes that had problems, but it's, it's still you can't write it off. No, for sure, for sure. And I think you know, TLD is working on making whatever weaknesses he has, you know, they're working on those and I think mm-hmm. speed has been a bit of an issue for him. I don't I think he's always been pretty well fitness, you know, mm-hmm. as far as his fitness level has been okay, but yep. Speed is a huge deal, and um, I haven't been following him in qualifying, but I don't think he's been great. But he's been—he he seems like a type of guy that, you know. And there are those guys that, hey, they just might not qualify good, but when the gate drops, they're gonna—they're gonna run the pace if they get the start there, yep. and that's a big deal. So, um, switching to your old rider, Dean Wilson, a uh, good close friend of yours, obviously, he's now gone on two ACLs in two years, same same knee, and uh, then I just saw on social media that he got an infection, so he had to have another surgery. And his contract's up this year. What's he gonna do? I, I, I mean, it's gonna be. He obviously he's off the you know the factory gravy train ride. He's gonna have to either rebuild himself over here with somebody, or I think maybe head to the GPS and, and and he can probably make some more money. He's always stated that he wanted to go there, but man, we just have not seen Dean get any kind of uh, momentum going from these in, uh, due to all these injuries. We don't know what he can yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, and it sucks too because you know Dean and I are really close, and I've been I've been talking with him on a daily basis pretty much, and um, you know the only the only thing he can do is worry about the things that he can control. That's what I keep telling him. Um, everything else is going to work itself out, and it's or, or it's going to work itself out as best as it can. There's no point to stew on the past and and the situation at hand. All he can do is worry about getting himself healthy, um, ride as best as he can, make use of whatever is in front of him at the moment, and and. And do and worry about what he can control, and um, you know I think that's been one thing he hasn't been the best at as of you know the last couple of years is he's um, I think he's been putting a bit too much pressure on himself to perform, and because and he's so um, intent on proving himself, but um, I think he just needs to relax a bit more mm-hmm. and, and have more fun how he how he used to. I mean he is I, I was bummed for him this year because I'd never seen the guy work so hard, and, and Grant and when he when I worked for him at Pro Circuit, he always worked hard, and people thought that he was a, a party boy or whatnot. But 
that was kind of all a facade and it was all on on purpose like he we had a great time at the races but mm-hmm. during the week he was gnarly and and we were hard on him during the week but on the weekends it was fun and that was the point because you did your week your work during the week and and you need to be positive all weekend to have a good result so you can't be dwelling on lap times or a second slow here or, or you know what i mean it, you just need to enjoy the weekend and um I uh, I hope everything works out for him. I think it will. He has way too much talent, way too much speed, and way too much heart. Um, and he's still very young to not find the success that I know he wants for himself. So, um, yeah, I mean, who knows Who knows what's going to happen with his ride or whatever, and, and, and who cares at this point? Just do what you can do to get healthy. Worry about coming back at whatever race you can come back at. And, and right. yeah, worry about the things you can control. Do you think I'm crazy for thinking he could go to GPs? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I think you're a little bit crazy. I think he's too good to give up on. Right. I mean, he won a heat race at round two this year. Yeah. And yeah. how many guys won a heat race this year? I, I, yeah. Not, not a ton. So right. he's too good to abandon it right now. And I don't even think that's in his head right now. Right. So, right. um, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. See where the cards fall, I guess. We got to see who's, you know, it's, yeah, it's the a big lot, fish where they lot, land and then yeah. everyone else will start finding their spot. Uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Uh, presented by NFAB. Uh, check out flyracing.com. We're still giving away a set of kinetic trifecta mesh, mesh LE gear and also to n-fab.com. Proudly made in Houston, Texas, USA. Jeep, truck, or SUV parts uh, accessories. So thanks to those guys for coming on. Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper On. Um, have you ever been on a team, and I ha- I've been on a couple, where you know the guy is leaving you um, halfway through the year. You, you, you think he's signed somewhere else. And it's a little weird. It's a little you don't really talk about it. Nobody really talks about it, but you all know. And I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking to like a Kenny Roxon situation where we're pretty sure he's going to Honda, um, but yet he's still out there trying to win. And he won this past weekend, and you know he's going to try. But I've been on some teams where it, it doesn't doesn't get weird. You don't give the guy less parts or anything or anything like that. You don't give him less love, but it's a little different. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, the only thing I've seen, obviously, I've been on, I've been on teams where that's happened numerous times, and the only thing, nothing changes. There's still immediate goals. You know, everybody gets rewarded for their immediate goals. Everyone, if you win races, everyone is, you know, you know, everyone makes a little bit more money usually, and um, mm-hmm. so the immediate goals never change. And and I think it's just, um, it's just a reflection of of a team's business sense and their and their mm-hmm. who they are as people that that they don't give up on anyone until the job's done. You have a contract with that guy through the entire year and you need to abide by the contract and provide him with the best situation he can to, mm-hmm. to win races for you, for, and, and, and for the team, for himself, for everybody. So it can be weird. And I think the only situations where when you come to parts is when, you know, when there's a, some new stuff happening next year and, and he's going to a team that you guys will be competing against and, you know, then yeah, if you're if you're testing a 2017 motorcycle in 16, there's no reason to give it to the guy that's going to be leaving. You have yeah. other riders on the team that can test that stuff for yeah. you. So that's kind of the only situations I feel. But there's definitely, you know, if you come across a part that is, you know, or or a setup that's good to race with this year, everybody's going to get it. You're mm-hmm. not going to give it, not give it to the guy who's leaving. Like right. that's, yeah, that's just just bad, bad um, reputation. As far as Detroit yeah. this weekend, uh, Josh Grant is now filling in for. Uh, Will Hahn at Monster Energy Pro, uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki. Has that been announced already? Or? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know if it's official, but okay. it, yeah, we know it's going to happen. Um, he got a seventh in Daytona. Do you think that's consistently yeah. where he can be? 
Um, I, I, I think so. And I mean, I, I know Josh really well too. And, and he told me at Daytona already about the Cowie thing was going to happen. And, um, uh, before he, before he even raced. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I think I spoke with you a little bit on the, on the fantasy podcast about him. I said, he'd be on my team no matter what. And, and that's just the type of guy Josh is like, he's, um, he shows up. He he's never one to get nervous or put pressure on himself, and he performs to his ability usually every time. I feel um, he's not a head case by any means, you know. So I think you can throw all that stuff out the window with him. He's just he's just too good to to you know what I mean. Like he he's just very very talented on a motorcycle. The guy is gnarly and yeah. um, uh, consistently top seven. I don't think maybe I don't think that, but I think, um, top yeah, 10. he's a yeah. top 10 guy. He's a top 10 guy. Yeah. He's right. just, he gets two good starts. He's going to be on too good of a team and he's too talented to not. And so, right. yeah, I, I look for him in the top 10 Detroit for sure. Uh, Christoph Porcel's back this weekend, but he's riding a bit injured from what we hear. Did he, he really got hurt? Yeah. I think he really did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, I didn't think so. Neither did you, but I, I've been told from Wygant who, who talked to Bobby Hewitt, they saw x-rays and everything. Now, whether yeah, they were I just and I didn't know that because a friend of mine sent me a photo. I don't know where he found it. I think it was on Instagram that him and uh, he got married right before Toronto. I thought at a courthouse. Oh, really? I think I think that's what I can't remember. Dude. I get too many people texting me, but it's a mystery. And I was like, I was like, oh, maybe you know, may, I know his girlfriend. I know his girlfriend very well, and maybe I was like, oh, maybe he's having some visa stuff too, and he's trying to do that <laughs> to get it. Fixed. I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I yeah, don't want to. Put hey, I'm with you, bro. We all sat there the same thing and just went, was like, huh? What's going on? You know? Yeah. So. But, but that's cool that he's going to be back and he's racing and his injury's not serious to where he's going to miss time because that's, mm-hmm. I mean, he's cool to have in our sport and he's fun to watch and he right. keeps getting better typically. So, um, right. or usually. So, yeah, that's cool. Right on. Well, hey, Paul, thanks for, uh, on short notice, uh, taking, uh, taking time for us. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, no worries. Paul Verbinos, ProTaper.com. ProTaper USA, right. ProTaper.com. ProTaper.com, yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, All right. take care. All right, that's uh, Paul Parabinos from ProTaper. Uh, Steve, what's going on? How are you, man? Hey, Steve, how are you doing? I'm good. What's happening? Hey, just want to say I really appreciate your show. It's about time someone started doing a show where they're getting behind the scenes and stuff. Thank that you. None of the other media is covering. You do a great job at it. Also want to thank you for the stories on the Bassets. We lost our dog about a year or so back, and uh, I came across that on your website. My wife and I read it, and it uh-huh. really got us through a tough time. Yeah, no, it's, it was tough. We just had to put one down uh, uh, two weeks ago, another one. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's just wonderful how you're – we do the same thing. We're either adopting or rescuing yeah. Some, yeah. something, and we got a cat right now. We kind of rescued also. and. Uh, uh-huh. It's kind of funny that one story on the one dog. Our dog was like that too. Bam, oh, that's like good. Drive you up the wall, but you love that. Right? Dog, yeah. You know? Exactly. No. Exactly. What's uh, What's going on, man? Um, I just had an, a thought here. Well, I got another question. Though this is driving me nuts. Okay. It's a little off topic. Who okay. is RT on your Twitter account? Is that like Roy Turner? You're doing something with when you're referencing RT. I think you're I thinking retweet on a Twitter or Facebook. I think you're thinking retweet. It says oh, retweet. Is that what that, that's it, what my wife said. I said, but you know, I don't understand this stuff. But it looks like it's referencing like no, some, it, it's you know, uh, it's it's letting people know that it's not your tweet. It's a retweet of something else. Um, so it's okay, letting people know that like I didn't say it, but I'm 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 putting someone's tweet out there as okay, uh, you know, gotcha. for everybody to see. Gotcha. All right. I had an idea on a stat question. Although you guys have okay. probably thought of this, you guys can go crazy on this stuff. 
and I can't remember who the rider is. I, I raced moto in the 80s, and I think it happened back then. Mm-hmm. Who won a championship, whether it was Supercross or outdoors, whatever class it might have been, but they never won a race? Or for that matter, maybe who won a championship and they never podiumed? Nobody's won a championship without podiuming, but the great Tim Ferry won the 1997 125 East Coast Championship without winning a race. He got second there we four go. times. Tim so. Ferry. Yeah, Tim Ferry. In, in 1997. He uh but that was all part of the strategy, Steve. We we knew that uh, Ricky and Dowdy and Ron Carter would crash and so we just took the seconds and we went, took the title. Does do you think that can hold true today with the way the competition is? No, no. I think that that's the reason why we've only seen it one time, right? In in the history of the sport. Um you wow. know, so I, I don't think, yeah, I don't. You have to win races to win the title. So well, then it sounds like he'll hold that, maybe forever. I hope so. It'd be a neat yeah. little record. Yeah. Were you wrenching with him at the time? Were no you mechanic. No, I wasn't. Ooh, Lee, Mc, had, Lee McCollum was Just little Raz. Maybe that had something. To yeah, do. there we go. Quite <laughs> exactly. Um, All right, man. Well, yeah. I got well, I got two two other real quick things if you have time sure. for it. One no. one is a trivia thing. Okay. What uh, what other national has been won in another track in Michigan besides Redbud? I stumped Jim Holly and uh mm, yeah, it's a good question. Why get on right. this when they were first doing the podcast right. for the Supercross um, it was strictly audio online? Yeah, I I don't know. Um should I make you look for it or do you want to know the answer? No, yeah, please tell us. It was uh, a track called Polka Dots. In Midland, Michigan, Midland. They ran a national yeah. in 1975 and 1976, 125 national. You know, Jimmy Weinert, Hannah, yeah. Barnett. Midland, all those I, guys. I remember the name. Yep, yep, and, exactly. And and one other note, uh, you can call me back on it. I emailed you probably a couple years back if you'd like, and it'd be a tough one, if you'd like to get an interview with Alan King, I might be able to make some contacts. He kind of. I raced back in the day. This guy came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. I had been racing maybe my second year, but he came out of nowhere, and this guy's just cleaning up on Makos. Yeah, and, I, uh, I had a friend reach out to him uh, to do a podcast with me, and the reply he got was not interested. Alan, yeah, he. Well, Alan, I don't know if you know the story on that. I can give you the backstory on it, and maybe you'd understand why. Right. Well, um, um, yeah. because he deserved a factory ride. He, he could have won the 500 national championship. I don't know if that was like 82. He had the it, Suzuki 500 ride, and then the next year he gets nothing, and he would have won the championship if his bike wasn't broke. Right. Right. Well, yeah. No. It, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to him for sure, but like I said, uh, somebody said not interested. So, yeah. Um, you know, what can you really do if someone doesn't want to do it? So Yeah, you know, he d- couldn't get anything. You know, he was right. on the first, I guess you would call non-factory support ride, Team Tam. Yeah, in 1984, he won. And he won I remember him out at a local track when I was still racing, and he was racing 250As like me. And I'm walking by him going, hey, we got to get to the start line. And he was running Honda CR250, and it's like, I, I'm done for the day. I go, what are you talking about? I go, I bent my rotor. I said, you don't have a spare or nothing? He says, no. And I said, I will give you my rotor, and I was running a 1985 YZ250, and he says, just to watch you race, and he goes, it won't fit, and no one will loan me a rotor. Oh, bummer. I'm like, geez. He goes, I've got one bike right now, and hopefully I'm going to have a race bike, and we're going to see how it goes. But back in the day, I was running 125s. He comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I knew the guy that knew him. 
And I find his number, his bike out in the pits. I'm like, who is this guy? And it turned out to be somebody I knew I was going to buy a, a 125RM off of him. And he says he didn't even know how to ride last year. Okay. We had to show him how to ride, and now he's kicking everybody's butt. And I used to just get off my bike because his motos would be after mine. He was running 250 and 500 class and just watch this guy in awe. Just unbelievable. Cool story, man. we got to run, Steve. Thanks for the story, hey, man. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, one, one thing, I, I hope I'm not being bold. My wife met me when I was racing, and you were saying maybe you were going to give out some tickets for Detroit. Oh, yeah. You can't we, afford to go. Yeah, so, it, sorry, man. We already gave them out. Yeah, uh, we did it on Twitter. So. All right. All well, right. keep up the good work, man. Thank Thanks you. for the show. I appreciate it. Steve from Michigan. With some trivia. Jason Thomas, welcome to the show. What's happening? Well, how are you? Uh, not too bad. How are you about yourself? Did you see the track map? I did. From Detroit? So uh, Yeah, I read a column that, that talks about it, yeah. Okay. I may have checked it out. Okay, so you go up in the stands like the old school. Not quite like the old <clears> school, <throat> but a little bit like the old school uh, Pontiac. And then at some point, you come off the stands and you go backwards down the start straight. And I'm thinking that that looks really fast. Yeah, but whatever. I mean, there's lots of fast sections. It's not, I mean, there's nothing faster than Vegas's section, so. Well, I think, don't you think this is going to be on that par? Like, you're coming down a hill, uh, you're grabbing gears, you're going the length of the stadium? I don't really think it'll be that big of a deal, no. Because you're going to have to break. You're oh. coming into a right-hand turn that's really slow, and you're going to have to break really early for it. Uh, well, thanks so, for shitting on my point. I thought okay. it, I well, thought that's was, what I do best. Yeah, I thought it was going to be really something different, something neat. So, okay, so you're coming into the right turn. Will there be braking bumps and everything coming into the turn? No, because they're going to have to work on it because it's on the start so, straight. Right, so, they'll, they'll have to work on it. Yeah, they'll have to groom it quite a bit. So I don't think so, no. Um, it's going to be tough, though. The one thing is coming that fast and coming into a turn like that, um, you're going to see guys crashing, like grabbing too much front brake. I, I do expect to see that. Do you think? These are professionals, JT. <laughs> yeah, did you see the first turn last weekend? Those are professionals, too. <laughs> they are. Um, all right, so, yeah, look, looking looking ahead to Detroit, uh, Josh Grant coming back in. Uh, what do you think? Are you with Parabinos on this? And, yeah, what uh, happened to Burner? Was Burner on the show? Burner was on the show. We had Burner for a bit, yeah. Oh, and then you call Parabinos? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Grant will be all right. I think you'll, we'll see what we've seen from Josh Grant, which is, you know, somewhere in that – Six to ten, mm-hmm. um, some something like what he was doing outdoors last year. Uh, so I, you know, I don't think he's capable of running with the, the front guys. Um, I, I just, I think that would be an unfair right. assumption to make too. Is um, he, is he Brayton-ish? Is he Brayton level? I'm gonna say he's just behind that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, if he was at if he was at Toronto, I think that Justin Brayton would have beat him in sixth place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Brayton almost passed Tomac for fifth. And held off Kennard with no problems, uh, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of that race. So I think Brayton's riding really well right now. I'd, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect Josh Grant to come off the couch on a full-on Supercross track and beat Justin Brayton, who's at 100 percent right now. Yeah, because Daytona almost like, I mean, you know, we all talked about Tomac and how he won and struggled in Toronto. Like Daytona, especially this year, was just sort of a different animal. Yeah, and Daytona's always like that, and it, it plays very well into Josh Grant's skill set too. So. Uh, not that Josh Grant can't do well. I mm-hmm. think he'll be in the top ten. But I think if you're just taking a one-race snapshot at what Josh yeah. Grant's going to excel at at Supercross, that was it. Uh, let's get to the phone. David, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going on? What's your question on the Fly Race and Moto60 show? 
Hey, I was going to say, uh, I ordered some fly gear yesterday. Uh, JT pushes it pretty hard, so I ended up ordering some fly gear. And a couple hours later, I got the, the message that you hooked me up with a Detroit ticket, so I want to say thank you for that. I hooked you up with what? The Detroit tickets. Oh, the Detroit tickets. Okay, cool. Yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. thank you for that this weekend. Yeah, and, and my question and for both of you guys, um, it, it pertains to, like, Jimmy Albertson moving down and, like, a Cooper Webb moving up. Why is it easier for a rider to go 250 than bump up to 450 in Supercross and get good results? Um I, I think so. What do you think, JT? What, what? You know what I mean? Because some guys, you guys always go, oh, because yeah. we'll be top six in the 450s. But say, say Joe Nicoletti drops down to 250s, would he be getting six? You know what I'm saying? Is, right. is one way harder than the other? I think the menta- more than anything, the mentality is harder. What do you think, JT? Is he, is he asking if it's easier to drop down or to move up? Yes. What's easier? Uh, definitely dropping down is easier. I mean, you're, the caliber of rider you're facing is completely different. Uh, but as far as um, um, yeah, not not one of the top guys doing it, but you know a uh, a Cooper Webb moving up to a bigger bike, or Jimmy Albertson moving down to a smaller bike. As far as well, we, look you know. at I mean, look at Albertson's results. He got tenth at the first race. You look at Albertson's results in the 450 class over the last four years; they're not so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, when you drop down to two, yeah, I remember Wyndham dropped down about. Six or seven years ago at the Nationals. Oh, for Unidale. Well, yeah, you're talking about a guy who raced a one-off race who hasn't raced and wasted over Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I'm getting a one-off, a one-off setting like Webb would do. That's my, that's my question. Not an entire series, just a one-off. Well, if you if you want Webb to do a one-off race, and you, what are you asking? He's going to do better at? I mean, it, obviously, it's going to be 250 class. Okay, I, that's what I was asking because with Jimmy Albertson moving down, I, I, his name isn't as up there as it was in the 450s last year in the previous years. Yeah, when if you, I mean, look at the 450 class this year. There was like 15 or 16 guys that had won a race, you know, before. And then you yep, look right. at the 250 class line up, and yeah. you know, there's all um, kinds of. I think of he made a good, and, racing move. I don't know about financial move. Um, but no, yeah, that's it, what it, it, your it, guys' take was. Yeah, I think the, the purse money is way less than 250s, but you oh, can you, you can do better. So there's that argument. You know, if you're Jimmy Albertson, you have a team with motorcycle superstar. Um, if you want to get some results. Um, you know, get in the 250s. But to me, uh, if I'm a rider like Jimmy or if I'm Kyle Cunningham or if I'm uh, Catanzaro and these guys, I just go to 450s all the time because the money, you can make money going there. Manufacturers still pay contingency and uh, in the 450 class and the, and the purse money is so much better. So it's Yeah, look at, I mean, look exactly. at my own career. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? right I thanks. went straight to 450 because I could make two or three times as much money Yeah, or more. Yeah. No, yeah, and, and if you're like the, with the factories t- going younger and younger um, with these kids and helping them out younger and younger, if you don't, if you come into the 250 class without a ride, you're probably not going to get one. I mean, Colt Nichols will, right? Uh, but I like the, you know, I generally like don't like your odds if you go for a year or two without getting on a team. You yeah, just, I, I did uh, three years and I got ninth in the series the last year and was in top ten every race except for two DNFs, uh, mechanical stuff. So I was legit. Like I was six, seven every week, and I still didn't real. You know, I wasn't capable of winning. I I, I yeah. realized that, so I just didn't feel like I was going to get a ride. So I moved up. I just went. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the next year, I made a bunch of money racing a, a big bike. So See, I think you have to be self aware of your own kind of uh, yeah. 
you know, gauge your gauge your the interest in you from other teams too, and and be honest with yourself. Yeah, I write this every week. Michael Lieb, get out of the class, beat it, go make it's, a living. It's, Tough to argue against that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, cause, because it is not just a little difference, people, in purse money. It's $2,000 to make a 450 main event, and I think that's about equal to a fourth in 250 class. Really, the only reason you could, the only argument you can make for staying down is what you, you know, what you rail against with Davalos is getting paid a lot of money to stay down because you can win races. Yeah. Other than that, yeah. there's no reason. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last, last question here uh, on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Justin, what's going on? Hey, um, thanks for taking my call real quick. Uh, I was just going to ask JT, I've been looking all online for um, some training and fitness tips on, like, what these guys do for moto and even, like, GNCCs. I wondered if he had a good uh, good site to go to. Like, I'm willing to pay for some stuff, but it's just some beginner things that might be a good place to start if he had any any ideas or options. Um, I mean, cross-training-wise... You know, there's a uh, there's a lot of things out there, tools that guys are using now. Uh, I think rowing, the rowing machine that uh, mm-hmm. Concept Two is one I've used more than more than most. Uh, there's also a uh, skier. It's called a skier G. It's also made by the same company. Uh, that's okay. Probably in the last year that most people have gotten into. I know Roxon and Reed and Burn. All these guys use it uh, extensively now. Uh, but any any exercise like that where you can mimic. Um, motocross muscles because that's the toughest thing is to actually use the same muscle groups that a, a dirt bike does. Uh, yeah. all, the, all the beach exercise, like you know, like uh, bench press and curls, and that that does nothing for you. It almost I guess, actually probably makes it worse. Um, right. So try to find things. And honestly, the easiest way is to just go on your favorite riders, follow a bunch of riders on their Instagrams, and see what they're using. Yeah. You know, Roxon posts up all the time. That's what they're actually using, and that's because it works the same muscle groups. So. Yeah, the thing I always see is obviously the cycling and then the Concept2 yep. stuff. So I just wondered yeah. if it was just the same rigorous routine every single day, if it ever changed up much at all. So it kind of Yeah, like mountain biking, running, and cycling are obviously the three main ones that have been staples for years, but the rower and the skier machine are kind of newer uh, and actually incorporate some strength training into it. Do you, okay. uh, and also, too, virtual trainer uh, on RacerX site. I think there's some sagey contributes yep, to that. Yep, sagey writes that. And, yep. uh, yeah, I, checked, I did check that out, and then some of it kind of had, uh, I don't know if it was Rob Beans or who used to do some of the stuff. You kind of go further into it, and you've and you got to buy some stuff, but I didn't even know if that was still current or not. Yeah, really. I mean, anything that uh, heart rate obviously is a huge part of it, but um, the strength training thing is is you know it's it's been a long time search for a lot of these trainers to find things that actually work the same things that a dirt bike does. Uh, there's a cool. called I believe it's a TRX. Uh, I believe it's TRX, but it's it uses your own body weight. Uh, that's pretty useful too. Um, but you just got to find ways to work these lats and all these things that. Um, these strange muscle groups that, you know, if you went into a gym and watched everybody working out, they're not doing anything that's going to help you on a dirt bike. So you got to kind of think outside the box with that stuff. Yeah, my gym has a, a rower, and it's no one's ever on it. So there you go. I'm going to get on that there thing. Go. I'm going to get on that and uh, be the only guy on it. Justin, you want some uh, fly racing, kinetic trifecta mesh gear? Yeah, that'd be great. All right, stay on hold. You win. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the call. Cool. Thank All you, right. guys, so much. Thank I you. appreciate it. All right, no problem. Uh, JT, thank you, buddy. Uh, no we, we'll be calling you um, from Detroit. Um, right. This Saturday night for the uh, Pulpamex Detroit Supercross uh, viewing. Part, what do we call it? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't what know we're what you're calling it. Yeah, I don't know either. We'll figure it out. Uh, thanks for your time, buddy. All right, see you. All right, see you. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by NFAB, flyracing.com, n-fab.com. Tits, thank you for everything back there. Really appreciate it. Working hard, buddy. We're off next week because there's no show. So don't listen next Thursday. Listen after that, though. n-fab.com, flyracing.com. See ya.